This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week 580, brought to you by Harry's. Get your free trial set, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, and shave gel. Go to harrys.com slash iFanboy. That's harrys.com slash iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 580. Let that sink in. I'm Ron Richards, and alongside my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hang on, sinking. Sinking. Oh, boy. Yeah, Hi. just step back and think about that one. Yeah. Uh, Every our, th- our, our third compatriot, Connor Kilpatrick, uh, is now a member of the Witness Protection Program, and there's, there's nothing we could do about it. He, <laughs> To be fair, he thought that that was a legitimate truck full of meat transaction <laughs> all we know now that his name is steve and he is lactose intolerant that's all we know and he's an accountant we are i fanboy and every week we read our snack of comics and one of us picks their favorite book and we call that the pick of the week and then we talk about that book we talk about some other books we talk about the book that you picked the patrons and then we if we have some t- some time later we're gonna do some email and for some reason i'm, I'm turning into a voice i don't know why yeah, you're doing you're doing a thing <laughs> It just it just it's, it just migrated into it. I, I lost just, control. It's, it's like it's going between like seventies stereotypical Italian yep, or a Jewish bit, character. A little bit, a little bit of both. A little yeah. bit of both. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, this week Josh returns to the show and he had his pick. But before we get to that, I need to warn you: we're going to talk about what happened in the book, so we're going to spoil them. So if you haven't read your books yet, press pause and then come back and hear the gift of words that Josh is about to bestow on us, Joshua. Well, that's quite the intro. Um, the pick of the week is Power Man and Iron Fist number 15, the final issue of this uh, lauded and enjoyable series uh, from the folks over at Marvel. Um, because, of course, if something is good, let's end it as quickly as possible. Ah, 15 issues isn't so bad. You, lo- you love this series. I think for a good while, this was a... When someone says to me, what's good over at Marvel, I could. this was a go-to. I can say, oh, this this Power Man and Iron Fist is good. Not necessarily because it's the best book, but it's it's sort of the most interesting and unique. Like, here's a cool thing they're doing, right? Um, and I really like that. That is exciting to me these days. Um, and and of course that that is the thing that 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 gets canceled in lieu of a more Netflix friendly friendly esque yeah. take on both characters. Well, you know what's interesting is that like it came out and I thought this is odd because this isn't going to be what well. This isn't going to be what what Marvel is going to want it to be, but I will allow it as long as they will. Well, the, th- the funny thing about it is that m- much like uh, Book of the Year, the Flintstones over at DC Comics, um, and while Power Man and Iron Fist doesn't go as far as the Flintstones does, this book is so outside of what the norm is at Marvel. The house style. The, the the house style, the everything to the point of like this almost you you could you could strip away Power Man and Iron Fist and and call it Power it's, Guy and Iron Iron's Palm and have this be at Fanagraphics or yeah. or or Copra or, or one of those other you know kind of super you know kind of You're like seventies right. right it feels like one of those uh, superhero analog stories that someone did because they couldn't get a job on Power right. Man and Iron Fist. 
right. But except this was really, this was really just the Power Man and Iron Fist story I'd always wanted to tell, but I, I couldn't under that. So right. Except David David Walker and Sanford Green got to tell it. And that's yes. pretty. That's something pretty special, I think. And uh, I, I will skip to the end real, real quickly here. Uh, at the end, uh, they write a little, little. They each write a little bit in the at the end of the letter column, and they say exactly that. That to both of them, this was their dream uh, project. And I'm not going to tell you that that didn't weigh into my decision a little bit because they were both ex- extremely happy that they had done something that they had always wanted to do for a very long time. Um, and then there's a story from from Sanford Green about. Some folks like a black and a white best friend who like traded kidneys to save each other, oh. and I was a little like, okay, that's touching. That's very, that's yeah. very touching. And like it was because they loved, I don't know, because they loved the comic. I'm not sure, but it was nice. It it, it touched the, it touched the nerve with you. It, it did. Got it you did. Right, the right real the, reason right that we're fe- right, we got you right in the feels. <laughs> no, I did not say that. <laughs> that's a saying that people younger than me and less imaginative use. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners at home, I'm going to go ahead and let you know this right away. I've been traveling across the country all day. I slept yes. three hours last night. I can't be held responsible. And and likewise, I've had a I've had a hell of a week. We don't know where Connor is. We may never see Steve. him again. So it's going to be one of those shows. So buckle in, folks. <laughs> the reason this is the pick of the week is because the inevitable ascendance of Senior Magico. <laughs> well, it really was inevitable, wasn't it? <laughs> well, there's, you know what? I was again reading their little note in the back. They the it was either in response to a letter or they mentioned it was like Senior Magico was supposed to be a throwaway one note character, and they said he just sort of forced himself on them, and like they had to keep bringing him back. So at the end, like what for us started the first time Senior Magico, and I'm saying it and trying not to sound ridiculous. <laughs> the first time Senior Magico showed up. Oh, how we laughed. Oh, that's yes. ridiculous. And it and, and laughed, honestly, in such a way that I'm not sure I'm allowed to laugh. But, <laughs> you know, by the end here, he's kind of like a B, B-class player. Yeah. Like, he's like he's wielding his magic. He's doing his things. They basically found a way that was a, sort of a dumb joke, and then they made him legitimate in a very Garth Ennisian way. Very good observation. You're. I was trying to put my finger on where Senior Magico falls in the world of comics pantheon, and you're right. It's a very Garth Ennisian uh, character. It's a ridiculous thing, and then you're like, well, hold on, let's hang out with him a while. Like you could, you could sell me a two to three issues of Senior Magico miniseries, and <laughs> I would, I would be totally down with that. Yeah. But that is one of the things that's interesting about there was there was really, if you look over the arc of this fifteen issues. You had development and movement and change. And, you know, in the beginning, Luke and Danny were at odds. Luke was like, I don't want I don't want any of this. And Danny's like, yes, you do. And then by the end, they'd almost reversed roles to a certain point where Danny's like, I don't think we can do this. You know, but Luke had come to accept that they needed to. And I liked that. Uh, You have, you know, Alex Wilder showing back up who really what a great choice for a unexpected and significant villain. Into yeah. this thing, um, you know, and he gets his comeuppance in this, so we sort of get a button on that. Uh, well, and, and and the choice of using Alex Wilder was, I think, really interesting because you know you talk about like for whatever reason Marvel has chosen to forget about the Runaways, 
right? Just as as yeah. a group of characters, and I, you know, and and you know, like I often I often bring this up and I rail on a river, but we very rarely see new characters, you know. Well, by new characters, I mean new characters with absolutely brand new people with new identities, not just a new person wearing Iron Man armor, right. um, or or Thor's, you know, or Wolverine or whatever, you know what I mean? Like the what we've been stuck in, but um, you know, the 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 Runaways are such a, and then now it's like you know, it's nearly fifteen years ago now, but it's you know we're such a unique group of characters and they just kind of have gone by the wayside. I know that some of them are coming back in different forms and kind of here and there, but it's been years since we saw any of them. And, and like Alex Wilder's inclusion in the series was big enough to be like an announcement at a con for Marvel. And that got enough of that react, not enough to save the book, but enough of a reaction from fans to be like, wow, like I, a did not see that coming. What a great use of a character and really, you know, kind of balanced out the, 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 you know, the, what I thought, thought in the beginning of this series, this book lacked, which was a credible threat. Yeah, and it also placed it in the Marvel universe. It it yeah. pulled that um that other world, Elseworlds sort of feeling out of it. That that thing we we're talking about, like this could be a fanographics book. And they had yeah. done that. They had Tombstone there and everything and, and Cottonmouth, but I don't, I only honestly really knew Cottonmouth because of the TV show, I think. Right. I um, love to I love I love Tombstone, by the way. We got a lot of Tombstone this week. If you also read, yep. if you read Kingpin uh this week as well, that had Tombstone in it too. I think I meant to yeah. add that and I forgot to. That's right. But uh yeah, uh you know, it it was a it was a fun book. It was a different book. It was an interesting book. It was a book with something to say. It was a book that addressed the diversity issue without people feeling like it was forced on them. Meaning, you know, I don't I, I don't know. It's not one of those books that I feel like morons complained about. Like they were like, "No, yeah, it's good." Like everybody moron and non-moron alike would be like, "Yeah, that book was pretty fun." And right. and I, I would I I wasn't sick of it. I would like more of it. And that's that's honestly a good way to go out, I think. Right. Yeah, I think that's a fair. I mean, it's a fair. Um, yeah, it's a fair ending. I mean, like I was real. Yeah. Once, I forgot this was the last issue, and as I was reading it, and as we got to the end of it, I'm like, oh, they're wrapping up, and I was like, oh, and I got. I, I admittedly, I did not love this series as much as you and Connor did. I thought it had some high points, and then it kind of hit, you know, kind of a a plateau for me. But um, by the end of it, I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna miss this for the Marvel universe. There was a two thirds to. Th- three quarters plateau as they had a lot of things to work out. And then obviously I, I don't know if they ended early, but it was like, okay, it's time to wrap this up. So like there was a lot of stuff spinning, but I thought this last arc was really strong. Um, yeah. the, the whole Alex Wilder thing and, and the demons. And it was sort of all over the place in terms of Marvel. And what you, what you, you know, what you also got were quote unquote street level heroes uh, <laughs> but mixed up in what was what turned out to be a lot of magic and sort of like Doctor Strange area stuff yeah and so you know that was all it was just it was fun uh, it had things to say but but they were you know they were not hitting you over the head with them at all I mean it really did feel like ha- hanging out with a couple of these old characters who totally belong together uh, and I will miss that it was it was really right. good well, good, yeah, and, and uh, I know you, I know you really enjoyed it, and I think it was, you know, like I'm glad that it ended with Sanford Green. Like we didn't, you know, like it, yeah. it's the the original creative team, and and this was a nice 15 issue, you know, two or three trade runs, you know, like that. That's pretty something to be proud of, you know. So, yeah. What's going over on with the X Men, Ron? Well, so yeah, so if if I had the pick of the week, I probably would have ended up going with X Men Blue number one. Wow, um, which is the which is the next book uh, in the resurrection kind of relaunch of the X Men books. Is, it, is they just and, swearing a lot of toplessness? No, they, no, not that kind of blue. Um, this is the original five time displaced X Men. You know, Gene, Scott, 
Bobby, Warren, Hank back together again. And, you know, written by Colin Bunn with art by Jorge Molina, who Jorge Molina I really liked. Didn't he do a bunch of stuff on Nova that I really liked? Um, I believe Possibly. so. I just – yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure that's what, it, what, what, that's what it was. I'm getting old. My old age is hard to remember. But um, uh, Colin Bunn hit this out of the park. I got, like, I got to say you've been pretty compliment, complimentary of Colin Bunn lately. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've been really, really impressed. I mean, the, the, he did the, he did, he was on Uncanny X Men before the Magneto, Psylocke, Cy, Sabretooth team, which I didn't really, to be honest, I didn't really dig that entire run. It was all right, but it felt very kind of, you know, just, you know, eh. Uh, but this, this really captured the essence and like so basically you know you got x-men gold which is you know kitty and old man logan and colossus and storm and everybody in the mansion and 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 we still don't know what the purpose of that team is like they're there and i guess it's the school or whatnot but um these original five are in a blackbird and at least we were introduced and they are have a cerebro and they're tracking a new mutant where they're, they're, they're trying to find a mutant and turns out it's uh on a on a yacht and it's black tom cassidy and juggernaut and so there's a big knockout battle against Black Tom Cassidy and with complete with bad Irish uh, language references and um, and Juggernaut, which is always awesome. And it just was great. It felt it felt like an X-Men book. It just felt it just had that energy and crackle. Um, I think the and then the, the twist at the end is the, the X-Men go back home. And they're, I guess their base of operations now in Madripoor. And we find out that they're working for Magneto. And oh, what does that mean? That was the big. There's your spoiler. That was the big uh, reveal. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Is we Magneto? Find, we'll, we'll what's is he a good guy or a bad guy at this point? Well, that's the thing. We don't really know at this point. So as, we don't know as, anything the, about him. Yeah, you never know where Magneto is. He old or young? Well, he's always old. When has Magneto been young? I feel like the last time I saw him, he looked. Very well. He's young. we 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 talked about this a few weeks ago, and and everybody got all angry at me for not knowing the exact goddamn issue that he was de-aged. But Ma- Magneto always looks perpetually the same age. <laughs> so just so, the gray hair. That's all that you need. Yeah, it's all that you need. Um, but. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun and it looked great. Uh, Jorge Molina again. I, I talked about this last week when you weren't on the show, but um, you know Jorge Molina draws these like kids, like they look like kids, you know, That's um, which, guys. which is an important thing. Um, the only drawback against it, which I don't like, is that this is continuing Hank McCoy's dalliance with uh, mystic arts and magic that we saw in the all new X Men run de- under Dennis Hopeless, where he like teamed up with Doctor strange and learn some magic stuff um this continues that and i don't i don't like that and i get where they're coming from like oh well beast and hank mccoy was always in science let's have this time displaced beast be into magic i get it are they approaching it it from the point of view where like like uh magic is a form of science that we just don't understand no. science okay no well, at least not not as of yet that would be interesting as well too but um uh but no for, for now it just seems as if it's just straight up you know he's just doing spells and magic you know um but that said you know this was great black tom cassidy is a great uh is a good villain juggernaut is always awesome he looked great the character designs are cool what, nice twist twist at the end this is everything i want from an x-men book what era yeah. is black tom cassidy from and he's not black he's irish he's irish as in yeah. black irish yeah, I guess I suppose that you know more than I would. Okay. Um, what era is he yeah, from? What do you he, mean by that? Like, is he a like is he a sixties villain? Is he a, a no, no? Villain? He was a, he, no, he was around the eighties and early nineties and, so and like the two thousands. Yeah, thing? Uh, ish. I, I remember what his he might have yeah he might have um he might have I, I don't remember what his first appearance is. I remember he was in um what should we call it uh, Liefeld stuff um back in the day. 
so he, I'm just looking this up now. I'll be honest with you. Um, his first appearance uh, was X Men '99 in June 1976. All right. So yeah. So yeah. So there. So he's he's from that uh, the that prime Claremont and um, Claremont era. Yeah, exactly. And he he had he had a loose connection. He's Black Tom Cassidy's related to Banshee. You know. So. Oh, um, oh right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with the goatee and you know and the and the, the shillelagh. It seems like in the in the sixties and seventies, everybody had to have a brother yeah. or sister who, who they were just really embarrassed about, embarrassed right. about. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. I just I can't. You know, I, he's, I'm sorry. He's he's uh, he's Banshee's Barney. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, huh. so uh, not in the British kind of way where the Barney is like a colloquialism. Or, I don't <laughs> know. But anyway, um, but yeah, uh, X Men Blue was really really good. It probably would have been my my pick of the week. Um, now on the other end of the spectrum, this is the first week where we got two books, and the other book that came out was Weapon X number one, uh, which was written by Greg Pak, who who we're all big fans of, um, but unfortunately with art by Greg Land. And this whole Weapon X uh, book is focused on Old Man Logan, Sabretooth, Lady Deathstrike, Warpath, and Domino. And it's very much steeped in, uh, you know, Department K, Weapon X program kind of, you know, kind of lingering stuff. Basically, Old Man Logan is attacked by somebody who's got um, Lady Deathstrike's claws, got her powers, and then turns out there's some secret lab and they got and they have her captured and they're cloning her and sending people off to try to get uh, both Old Man Logan and Sabretooth. We meet up Sabretooth. We find out that he's been attacked. And so there's something going on related to the old Weapon X program. And it for me, it's just like it was fine, but it was just trudging in familiar water, you know, that that, that will happen. Yeah. So uh, but it was all right. And the Greg Land art wasn't offensive. You know, but it wasn't it wasn't great, but it wasn't, it, you know, like if you remember when he was on Uncanny X-Men with Cullen Bunn, I complimented him because it, it, it looked as if he was actually drawing and not tracing. And that continues here, but still the damage has been done as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Is, 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 uh, what's her, X20, X23? Does she have a name? Laura? Laura? Uh, well, she's Wolverine now, but yeah, she's not in this. Laura. Right. Yeah, she's not. Oh, she's, she's not. She's not I thought You'd I think that she would be in it because of her lineage, but yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, I'm, I'm sure that'll be a twist at some point. I just figured that's what it was, and I thought there was a girl on the cover. Yeah. No, yeah, well, there is. There, there are, there's Lady Deathstrike and oh. uh, Domino, so. Oh, okay. Lady Deathstrike is the one with the, with the fingers that come out, and actually yeah, what they've yeah. done, yeah. In, what, the, what they've done in this is that they've actually modified her to look like the Lady Deathstrike from the movies. Obviously, if you remember, remember her too. Yeah, so, so barely where, was that one of the last two? Because I, I sort no, of no, no, no. She was, she was like an X two, and um, she was very much an X two. She had the, she, you would, I'll send you a picture. You would recognize her. Right. Um, I kind of remember. But, I've seen but her in forever. the in the comics, she was always in like samurai s garb. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually liked that a lot. But she was really was re- creepy in those yes. drawings. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, good week so far. I mean, I would say, you know, so two books out of the gate and we got, well, three books out of the gate and we got two really, really good ones and one, uh, okay, one, not bad, you know, so it's a good start. So. Uh, I read Black Panther and the Crew, number one, uh, by ta Coates and uh, Butch Geis, just because I thought, I bet, I know ta Coates is, an, is a very interesting thinker, yep. he's a pretty good writer, and I bet he got better at writing comics. And and was that was that confirmed? Yes, he got better at writing comics. Interesting, cool. But I'm not sure. It's a it's you know what this was a really. It was hard for me to place where this was taking place because of all of the revamps that are happening. Right. So basically, there is a guy 
who 20 or 30 years ago uh, was an agitator in Harlem. No, no, uh, 60 years ago, 1957, um, agitator in Harlem. And, and uh, you know, he was trying to clean up the area and get the corruption out and make did, sure the people did, were taken care of. Did they give you an actual year in this? 1957, yeah, it's the first page. Yeah, that, that's first page. interesting because they rarely, they try to shy away from that. Now here, I'll t- like f- from a, from a standpoint of knowing what the what the hell I'm reading. Yeah, this compared to Black Panther, night and day. I mean, like it's it's right. you know, most improved player award. Wow, like I knew where we it, sort of because right. then we can we come to now and you get Misty Knight, who is basically she's the Misty Knight from the TV show. Okay. I think she's not the one who'd shown up as recently as like Sam Wilson, Captain America. Okay. She's like an older woman who's not like who's a cop, not not older, but you know, like not a young hero for hire adventurer kind of person who I who was the last time I saw her in a book. Right. Um and I, I don't know her terribly well, but it, it just seemed more like the TV show than the comics. Um so this guy Ezra has spent the last sixty years uh, you know, at protests, getting arrested, being a pain in the pain in the butt for the cops, leading people on protests. Um, and they bring him into custody and, uh, he dies two days later. And so everyone in the streets is, is, you know, blaming the cops for being killers. And Misty Knight is stuck in the middle of it because she is a police officer and, and, and a, an African-American member of the community in Harlem. So she is of course straddled between two worlds and doesn't know, uh, which way to turn, but she's trying to be good at both things. Um, and, uh, Aurora shows up, um, which the whole time she was like, I know her. And they weren't really saying who it was. And I was like, I think Storm was on the cover, though. But I couldn't quite remember. So I didn't look back at the cover so that when they revealed that it was, in fact, Storm, it was a little tiny bit of a surprise. So it had a little it had a little resonance for yep, you when it, it happened. Did. Like, I was like, <laughs> it is Storm. And it wasn't that I was surprised as much as I kind of felt like, good, your instincts haven't completely failed you. Um, <laughs> no, but, but the cover does sort of, it is one of those covers that just, like, Shows four superheroes together. You know, it's Black Panther, Storm, Luke Cage, and whoever Manifold is. Do you know who Manifold is? No, I've never heard of that character. It looks. Like oh, Man- be- Manifold. Manifold was no, no. I do know who Manifold is. Manifold was in uh, Hickman's Avengers run. Oh, is he a tele? He's a teleporter. I guess he didn't show up. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's the a cover. Yeah. The cover is just like. This is a superhero book, and it literally next to Black Panther and the crew number one, it says featuring Misty Knight store. They they list them, so there's no confusion about what you're going to get, except the John Cassidy cover for some reason, and it shouldn't be. Um, so is it just Black Panther and all the black heroes? Black Panther hasn't shown up yet. Oh, but he's Misty... not even in. The, he's not even in the. No, his no. name is on the cover, and he wasn't even in the first issue. No, Misty Knight is investigating this death, and Aurora, Aurora is following her around. And then uh, there, for some reason, there are robot cops because they're there to keep the peace in Harlem more so, which seems like a bad choice. And they have to wreck all the robot cops. And now Misty's sort of on the wrong side of things and doesn't want to be. And that's kind of where it ends. Black wow. Panther is so not shown up. No Manifold has shown up. It. So so Manifold, just you know, Manifold was indeed, he was in Secret Warriors and he was in the Avengers. He's the um, Australian Aborigine teleporter okay. who, who, was related to Gate, who was related to Gateway. Oh, great. Gateway. What's Door? Door was the authority. Yeah, yeah okay. that's it. You're, My first right. X-Men comic book that I ever bought was was Gateway. It was the Jim Lee, uh, like they went to the mall, Jubilee. Right, yeah. yeah. So I kind of know who that is. Um, but it was good... What was good about it was that it was actually a pretty straightforward mystery crime procedural thing. 
um, with a with a sociopolitical overtone. Uh, using okay. these characters, I liked it. I thought the Butch guys art was was nice. It sort of it almost made me feel like I was reading a book from the seventies. It's sort of like when he did the the Captain America books with Brubaker. You know, it's like oh, these these are kind of throwbacky. So it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't so, like the Lu- greatest book I read, but it, it was. Good. And Luke Cage is going to join this team at some point. Is he on the cover? I don't think he's on the. Oh, did I say his name? No, no. I'm just reading online about them, and apparently the the, the crew is defined as uh, Black Panther, uh, Luke Cage, Misty Knight, Storm, and Manifold. Oh yeah, Luke Cage is on the cover. See, I can't even remember it now. I just read it to you. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned I haven't slept. I, you did men- you did mention that. Yep. So, so I guess yeah, I, I, that's that's the yeah the the, the right. heroes of Harlem basically. All right, cool. Screw All right, da- screw Danny Rand. I guess. Sorry. I- <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Butch Geist. I love I love me some good Butch Geist. See, I didn't pick this up because I've been reading. I didn't stay stick with uh, Coates' Black Panther. Had nothing to do with that, as far as I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is Storm but, still married to him? I don't know. I mean, she's not acting he's- like it. I don't think so. I think they split. I don't care. I can't keep track. Um, they should never get married. We've talked about this. Uh, all right. So, and then, uh, go, keeping this on our all Marvel block, uh, guardians of the galaxy. Number 19. I want to underscore that, that not a lot of books came out this week. Just so everyone knows. I, it was I a thought light, I had made a, a mistake. Week. Yeah, it was a light. light. I did the same thing. I was like, really? This is all I'm reading. But yeah, so it's the kind of week that uh, Connor would be upset about if he, if he was still with us. Um, Steve, on the other hand, he's all about it. <laughs> Steve, Steve loves it. Not he does not like lactose though. Uh, all right, so Guardians of the Galaxy number nineteen. This is Brian Bendis's last issue. And before I talk about this specific Wait issue, a minute, does this have milk in it? Okay, <laughs> Steve. So, so here on the cover um, of a uh, great, great cover, by the way, I believe Art Adams, like an amazing Art Adams cover, um, and. Uh, and this book had art by you know Valerio Shidi was the main artist, but we saw some Phil Noto, we saw some McGinnis, we saw McGuire, some Pacelli, so you know some Bagley. Like it, it was kind of a a tour one of, of those. Fo- yeah, one of one of those kind of you know kind of a great send off. Um, so before I talk about the specific issue, uh, I think it's safe to say that hi- the history will look back on Bendis's run on Guardians of the Galaxy, at least the way I think history should should look back on it, as a missed opportunity. As as a book that I was really excited for that never quite lived up to its uh, to its I want to say expectation or potential. Yeah, How never far lived back up to are its we potential. Going when we say his Guardian, because I feel like he's been running Guard of the Guardians of the Galaxy for two or three years at least. I, yeah, and I would say the entire run. I would say period, period, stop, full stop, the entire run. It never felt to me cohesive or as energetic or as the way it in my mind it should have um and admittedly i'm biased because i'm such a abnett lanning fan of that whole period um but and now i if the last issue had been if the last issue had been last issue i probably would have been kinder to the run but the fact that this issue to me showed me what it could have been like this one issue i was like where has this been like it, it, you know, like it was the 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 whole team together fighting Thanos, and just like it it just it all came together and clicked, and it was like, oh, okay, so this is what Guardians of the Galaxy is like when Bendis tries. Ooh, 
Yeah, I mean that's what it feels like. Honestly, that's what it feels. That's what it felt like. This this book, and and maybe it was just the 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 all star roster of artists and just the singular kind of focus in that it was a big face off against Thanos, and so of course it's gonna be fun and you know a big fight. But um, I mean I was literally turning each page and I was like, yeah, this is great. I want more of this. And then I realized, then I got to the end. I'm like, oh, this is his last issue. I really hope Jerry Duggan can can do better because <laughs> I just I just feel like every time I read Guardians of the Galaxy by Bendis, I was a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but interestingly enough, at the end of the issue, uh, for those playing at home, there's a little silent kind of like saying goodbye. You know, so uh, if you remember their their ship, the Guardian ship got destroyed during the the, the dumb Civil War too, and they've been they've been stuck on Earth. And so in this issue, Rocket uh, finds uh, Carol Danvers tells him about a dead ship graveyard in uh, in the Indian Ocean, and so he cobbles together a spaceship from all the parts of dead spaceships that are locked left on Earth, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So now they've got now they've got a, a shitty spaceship, and so they can get off Earth. And so there's a couple of panels of like silent saying goodbyes and all stuff like that. But one of the things before they say goodbye is they've defeated Thanos and he's all locked up and a ship comes from space and lands and out comes two Nova Corps members who take Thanos and into their ship and fly away. And I was said, what the Nova Corps? I thought they were gone. So uh, maybe that's a tease for something to come in Jerry Duggan's run. We'll see, but it looks huh. like maybe the, no- the Nova Corps are back. So, huh. Yeah. Um, and then Bendis wrote a whole a lot of last issues. By the way, this is you know just like Iron Man and Iron Fist. You know, are they doing wrote, the whole number one reboot thing again soon. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy number one by Jerry Duggan and Aaron Cooter. By the way, I I would I would encourage you to check that out, Josh, when you do because that, that sounds okay. Because I'm a big Duggan fan, and Aaron Cooter is great, and uh, hopefully he captures a little more of the swashbuckling action that uh, where Bendis kind of failed to. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so goodbye, Brian Bendis on Guardians of the Galaxy. Hello, Jerry Duggan. I can't wait. So, uh, there you go. All right. But before we move on, we want to thank Harry's for sponsoring this episode of iFanboy. And I know we've been talking about Harry's a lot these past couple of weeks. Uh, but I just want to reiterate, I used to hate shaving. Josh, you know this, right? You, you, just, you, yeah, I've, I, I've you complained still about some echoes of it. We're like, oh, I yeah. got to shave and that's a whole thing. Yeah, but exactly. It went off without a hitch. Well, yeah. So basically, I used to—I just hated shaving. I hated the fact that I had to spend all the money on razors. I would always inevitably cut myself or what, whatever, or whatnot. And I would just put it off as long as possible to to point. But I don't want a beard like you. So not because you, not because of I you, see. but I just—I just want a beard. So, uh, but I just used to hate hate shaving. But ever since I signed up for Harry's a couple of years ago, I now look forward to shaving, and it's all because of Harry's. Uh, because their razors are fantastic, the shaving gels are fantastic, and I shave. I I do it quickly. It does it very well very sharp gets my whiskers down gets my beard gone i'm no bleeding it's amazing harry's is great um and that's because uh, the founders of harry's uh, jeff and andy just they got fed up with getting ripped off uh by having to pay expensive prices for razors um so they started harry's as a you know as a way to to they knew that the only way they can ensure any quality was to buy the factory and do it themselves and so with that harry's was born and by selling over the internet they're able to offer their blades at half the prices they've got a factory in germany that is just is some of the best blades you've ever seen half the prices of the blades in other stores uh just two dollars a blade compared to the four dollars or more you pay when you go to walgreens or Dwayne weed Dwayne reed or cvs or whatever um but listen up because you're a special listener of my fanboy you the listener i'm talking to you you get to try harry's 
absolutely for free. That's how confident they are that you're going to love these razors, just like the three of us, or two of us now, just like us. Um, you Steve, can learn to love Harry. Steve lets Steve. it go all natural. Yeah, Steve's going for his easy top beard. But um, uh, but Connor used to love to shave his head, and he used Harry's all the time. And now Connor would want you to try Harry's for free. Uh, Harry's is giving you a trial set for free. All you need to do is cover the $3 shipping. Uh, so all you got to do is uh, you get this free trial set that includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle with a nice little grip so you don't lose it if you like to shave in the shower. That's a good tool. Uh, five precision-engineered uh, razor blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. And I use that trimmer blade to make sure my sideburns are neat and perfect. Uh, they've got their rich lathering shave gel, which is my go-to shave gel now. It's fantastic. And, of course, the most important aspect of this trial set, the travel blade cover, so you don't cut your hand going for your razor in your, use, uh, use in this your toiletry. Money. Yes, it's, it's very handy. I, right? You know what? They're saying that that's a $13 value for you to try, but here's the deal. Yep. You get that that one, 3 bucks shipping, comes to you. Then you don't have to buy the other ones from the yeah. big, from the big G. You know what I'm talking about. So the first time you go out to get some some uh, refills for that, you've saved a ton of money already. And you're not. I've done that. I did this before they sponsored the show years ago, and I never went back. And, yeah. and I've I've saved a ton of money doing that. And it's it's just as good or better. It's fantastic. No so. reason not to. So listen, so stop messing around, get started shaving with Harry's today and claim your free trial offer. As Josh mentions, it's a $13 value of a trial set that they're going to send you for free. All you got to do is pay the shipping. So to do that, you get the razor handle, the five blade cartridge, the shave gel and the travel blade cover. Just go to harrys.com slash ifanboy. That's harrys.com slash ifanboy and be on your way to enjoying shaving again. You know that we believe in something when we make the ad longer than we have to. It's true, exactly. We really do. So, so, yeah. Anyway, um, excellent. So, real quickly, new Superman number ten. Did you read this? Yeah, I'm still on it. Uh, maybe it was the inclusion of regular Superman, but I really like this. I've, I've, li- I've mostly liked this a lot. Yeah, I, I think it's how I would. Yeah, I, thought, I liked regular Superman showing up. It's I think it's sort of one of those things I think we were just talking about with Power Man and Iron Fist is that like it's different but it's a part of and we get to see development of the character. Yeah. Uh you know and, and, he exists and, in the world that everybody else does but it's very different so it's interesting in that way. Exactly. And on top of that I think Victor Bogdanovich is coming into his own on this book. Tell you what, he was pretty great. Yeah, and I and I feel like this this issue just looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No. And, that that and, first, uh, that's that first that first splash page of Superman floating there in front of everybody. Yep, like gr- great stuff. Despite the belt, if Connor were here, he'd complain about the belt. But what can he do? Uh, all all things being all things being equal, if the belt is the only problem we have right now, the, yeah. You know. well, then, well, you read Action Comics nine seventy seven. Is that is that the case? Yeah, I was sticking around to see. Sort. I remember I was reading all the Supermans because I wanted to know what was going on. And now I realize I know what's going on, and we've moved into the next phase. So now I'm in the exploratory. Am I gonna stick with this? Right. Um. So far, I am enjoying Superman more than I'm enjoying Action Comics. Um, Interesting. Because Superman deals more with the family and the kids, and how that the kid and how that's working. You know, with them being in Smallville and and this sort of new state of of uh, Lois and Clark. Whereas this one is, it's Action Comics, which is sort of. Right. More adventury and actiony. The uh, the art on this is Ian Churchill, and and I I think of that as a name that I'm not going to like, and then I start reading, and I'm like, oh no, I do like this guy. 
I, I it, it sort of fits, uh, but it doesn't look like the other book, so I, I like that uh, diversity. Basically, what we have in this issue, though, is a retelling of Superman's origin. Uh, as Clark, whatever the Clark it is, the, who is Superman now, watches. Because basically, after the Mitch's Pitlick thing, he he can't remember his memories. So he has the Fortress of Solitude just taken through everything. Oh, geez. So is it a good jumping on point? Yes, but I don't for know. Someone, for someone who's never heard of Superman? <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, you know, I don't want to harp on this to give a, honestly, who is this for? Like, there is yeah. zero shortage of, of, of retelling of Superman's origin. It seemed, I was like, we're going to, oh, is it the whole issue? Wow, that's yeah. kind of, like, it looked really nice, and it was well written and everything, but I've, I've seen it. Everyone's seen it. I don't know why we had to do this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well done for what it was. I I, I don't know what the point was, though. I just, yeah. come on. Like, like let, the, let the people, if they don't know, nobody's like, maybe I should, I don't know, but I don't know anything about Superman. I think yeah. I'd read it, but, you know, there's Wikipedia now. We don't have to keep flogging this origin over and over and over and over and over and over. That's a fair, that's a fair uh, observation. Um, all right, I'm going to switch things up on the script and skip the next book. Uh, and first, we're going to talk about Silver Surfer number 10. Um, really, really odd because, you know, I've been loving this series. I think I talked about the last issue as well, too. Uh, Connor turned me on to it. Mike Allred and Dan Slott. So this issue, uh, seven, not even, 17 total pages, including the cover and the intro page and the teaser for the next issue. So that means that of story, it was only... 14 pages and to be honest with you i didn't feel it whatsoever it this is was perfection wow this was this, so a little quick, reversal happened there a little reverso yeah so basically uh you know silver surfer and uh his lady uh what's her name dawn yeah dawn greenwood are traveling the galaxy and galactus calls to silver surfer and uh, Silver Surfer heeds the call. But now, if you remember, it's no longer Galactus the Devourer. It's Galactus the uh, Bringer of Life, the Yellow Galactus, mm-hmm. right? And uh, what's happened is that the universe is about to split into two, and Galactus is the only thing holding it, holding the universe at bay. And because it turns out that the um, the Alphex and the Omegaron, uh, which protect the Alpha Omega, um, have become separate, have become uh, disjointed, and they need to get both the two pieces on either end of the universe, and they don't know how to do it because basically Silver Surfer can't be in two places at once. So Dawn volunteers to take one half on the board, and Silver Surfer takes the other half, and that fixes everything. Except now they're on opposite ends of the universe, and now their love is is uh, set up. You know, they're they've got a, they're, they're apart. They'll never the time it would take to get back to her. Dawn would not survive. Her mortal life span would not survive it. And so so. so Silver Surfer yells at Eternity and says, after everything I've done, you owe me. And we get this amazing shot. You know the character of Eternity, which is the entire universe with the face? We get him relenting and putting his fingers together. And in each finger, one is Dawn and one is Silver Surfer and puts them together. And they're reunited. uh, And the universe wants them to be together. And so then they kiss. And it was just – it was touching. It was the romantic. It was Kirby-esque. It was great. It was This is a great issue. When Eternity shows up, it better fucking well be. Exactly. Uh, So – Cool. I'm going to audible. Okay, go for it. I'm taking out the one that I was just going to mention. Uh, okay. And I'm going to do Kingpin number three instead. All right, go for it. I really like this book. Yeah, I do. I, I, I'm getting turned on to it with every issue. Yeah, yeah like it's super ambiguous. Yeah. Like I'm like, I want to like Kingpin. Don't like Kingpin. Don't like Kingpin. I want to. Don't like, don't do it. And and uh, <laughs> and this artist, Ben Fong Torres, formerly of uh, Rolling Stone magazine, 
That's not true. It's <laughs> just not Ben Torres. Yeah. But they've got this new machine called a Mojo, and it can do a page every 18 minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, ben Torres, I know, his, his, his art has really grown on me. Yeah, there's and there's some like Eduardo Riso kind of stuff going on in here. And I, I like the blacks. I love the cover. The cover's yeah. fantastic. Super yeah. low angle, like overdramatic light, and the shadow is like them choking each other. Um, I just I like this book because I don't know what's happening, and not not in the bad way, but in the good way. Like, right, I, like they're jerking me all over the place. I don't know what to think. Uh, who's bad and who's good, and, and if she's and, making and the, the right and decision. The thing is it's 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 definitely continuing the vibe of bringing because I can't I cannot read this and read Wilson Fisk and not hear Wilson, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio now. And in this instance, and it's and it's not bad. It's right. not, not in a bad way. In yeah, this which, instance, is, which is not a bad thing. Which is which is which is a task, which is a yeah. which is an achievement, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah so that's that's um, I really like it. This, you know what? I'm not. This could have been close to a pick of the week, probably. Yeah, it's almost there. We just the thing is, we just want a little more to happen. There's a lot. I it, was thinking that. I, I yeah. what's funny is that a I was like, oh, we're only in the third issue, but b you could really tease this out forever. And they're not going to let you know that doesn't work that way. Yeah, because the whole premise is that you know Kingpin wants this this reporter to write a book about him, and she's you know entering his world, and she keeps having weird stuff happen. And is she involved? Is she not involved? Daredevil spooks her, then he jumps away, and like, and I feel like it's a lot of the same kind of bob and weave that's been going on for all three issues. But I am enjoying watching it. Yep. So, um, which is which is the, which is part of the game, right? That's the challenge. So. Patrons pick. Time. Patrons pick time. That's for sure. We had a nail biter, folks. Let me tell you, uh, it was down to. I, 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 in fact, the, this book that was the patron pick was not the leader uh, at the start of the last day of voting. And it, by the time we got to the finish line, it had eked ahead. Uh, and that book is God Shaper Number One uh, from Boom Studios, uh, written by Simon Spurrier with art by. And I needed to verify this before I, 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 I said this or wrote it. Jonas Goonface. Or it could be Goonface. <laughs> G-O-O-N-F-A-C-E. Jonas Goonface. Goonface. <laughs> so God Shaper number one from Boom was the patron pick. Josh, what did you think of it? I want to go ahead and start by saying that this is the kind of thing that I was expecting to have to read more often because of the patron pick, and I'm glad that it was this kind of book, as opposed to some of the gotcha tactics that have frankly been going on with the patron <laughs> voting, where it's Which just like, fine. I'm fine with they, that. Re- like, they really want us to not like things. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, so what you have here is a, I guess, sci-fi, otherworldly kind of place. Well, it's not, it, it, it's our world. Uh, and then, uh, how many years ago was it? There's basically everything was fine, and then all of the physics went away, electricity, all of the things that make our modern conveniences work. And it was basically it was replaced by everybody got their own personal god, right? But not in the more like like a god, more in the sense of like the Flintstones uh, appliances. Yes, <laughs> like the god the gods seem not so like Zeus or um, or you know or you know you know poseidon-esque but more like uh like helpers yeah yeah you know yeah like like so so these gods are these little these little kind of these guys that you get and they have little powers and they can level up and get bigger and things like that and then we're introduced to the to a god shaper which is the the main character which is a type of person one in ten thousand or whatever who who does not have a god a no goddy 
a no god person, but he has the ability to shape other gods. He can stick his hands in them, recalibrate their powers, change the way they look. Like I found myself getting lost in this world. I thought it was it was, it was incredibly imaginative yes. and unlike anything else I've read. And like it took a couple pages to figure out what was going on, but once it clicked, it was like, oh, this is very interesting. And that's about as far as I'm going to take it. Oh wow! Okay, so so that that's uh, here's, here's something I learned that I've been coming to the conclusion for a long time, and I think that and they, this is a totally subjective personal preference of mine. Um, this whole book has a um, a language to it. Um, yes, rightfully yeah. so. But in this world where everything has changed, the the sort of vernacular and slang and the way that people talk is slightly adjusted. Not unlike um, uh, Dark Knight Returns. Where like right. all the mutants uh, used used a, a kind of slang where the the sentences and the syntax is a little bit off. Uh, I hate reading that. Yeah, I find it it's super it gets, it, it's it super impressive. I understand why it's there. I think it's a correct choice. I don't like reading it. I feel yeah. like it slows me down. And after a little while, it's just like, look what I did. Look what I and I feel like it hampers the storytelling um, a little bit. And that was actually a crutch for me most of the time. I was. I didn't feel like I was reading through it quickly because I had to sort of decipher what they were saying. Not that it was super hard. It's totally a pet peeve of mine. It, it, it does make you work. You, I, def, I definitely felt a labor in reading this and that I had to work for it. I, I think that like at the end of the day, this was the kind of book I was like, that was really interesting and good and cool. And I'm totally not interested in it. All right. Interesting. All right. So ratings, ratings, ratings. ratings. How would you rate it? Uh... Three and a half. Three and a half. I'm gonna give it a four. Yeah, like I said, not not bad. Yeah. I think uh, Goonface may. I like the art. I like the art. I like the art, but I don't know that it was necessarily the right choice for this. Yeah, I think that if they had gone with something a little. More, I feel like the tone was more serious than the art led you to believe. Yeah, the the art is very kind of um, a, you know, alt alternative comic yeah. co- comics with an X, you know, kind of. And I think um, they were cartoony, to, cartoony yeah. kind of style. But yeah. it made it seem like it was kind of, kind of be kind of funny. But if they had actually gone with a more sort of realistic style, I think they would have been able to sell this society a little bit better. And this seems like the message they're trying to get to, because the idea is that the shapers are necessary, but everybody hates them and no one wants them around. And it's, it's, I I, I got the sense that there was a lot of, uh, our world, uh, allegory going on, but I didn't, but it was so obfuscated that I didn't map it point to point at every point. I just got a sense of that. Like, Oh, this is kind of like our world in some way that I'm too tired to figure out. Felt like the tone should have been that of like chew, yeah, and it, it yes. wasn't. And I think there was a disconnect that happened for me in that. I see your point there. Okay, I still stick with the four because I really like the. Yeah, art. I just realized I just realized how to articulate all that after I rated it. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's it makes for good content. Yeah. Uh, okay, sticking sticking with it. I might. I'm not. It's a non-committal. I'm I'm giving it if it's a if it's a light week and I got nothing else to read then probably so. All right. Yeah. I think Simon Spurrier is a really good uh, writer. I I don't connect to a lot of his work, but obviously, like he's got he's got the stuff. I, I have no yeah. doubt. 
Cool. All right. Well, thank you to the patrons for voting in that nail biter of, an, of a vote. And if you want to know what the votes were like, you can go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. If you are a patron, you can see it's a patrons only post where we post uh, what what the top vote getting books were. So you can see what came in second and third, etc. Um, and if you're not a patron, uh, now's the time to go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. We're going to talk about it more. But it, when you are a patron, you get to vote every week for to make us read a book and talk about it. And then if you, if you sign up at the level of five dollars or higher we give you a dumb superpower and that's what we're going to do right now and this should be even dumber because josh is literally falling asleep as we do the show so josh take it away <laughs> i thought i thought about this earlier today because i realized like oh crap i'm gonna have two and I, yeah. I don't i don't think fast now hey listen man hey listen you didn't have two two weeks in a row like i like i'm gonna I, have it now this week so yeah, but this is your natural <laughs> talent jeremy <Yeah>. hill <laughs> Who I've who have been around forever, yeah. for a long time. Um, his superpower is that he only needs to sleep fifteen minutes a day. However, if he sleeps less than fifteen minutes and is woken up, it's the same as if he didn't get any sleep at all, and he can't do it until the next day. And oh, he can't wow. sleep longer than fifteen minutes, or he goes a full day extra. Oh wow! Okay, it's a very like his alarm game needs to be on point. Wow! Yeah. Okay, but, but if he does that part right, he only needs 15 minutes a day. Super productive. Interesting. Okay. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. I could see how that could work either way. So, yeah. all right. So uh, I want to thank Graham Cannon. Great name. Uh, great name. Great name. And Graham Cannon's power can be summed up with one word: inverted. Expand. Okay, Graham, you know on when you go on Photoshop and you highlight a picture and you hit invert and it makes the colors opposite? Okay. That's what Graham that's how Graham sees the world. Unless he inverts his body and turns inside out and then he can see regular. But he's he looks like an inverted body. He's grotesque at that point. Yeah, exactly. So he doesn't want to do that. So his how he balances that is that he has to see the world from an inverse lens. Is there any benefit or drawback to that? No, sometimes no. Sometimes there's just these are just things that happen. Right. This is a Grant Morrison power set right there. I see. So. I see. <laughs> it's not completely unrelated to Marcus Rice's okay. strange mutation. He has aluminum hair. Aluminum hair. Aluminum hair. That's can, so. Can he cut it? Does he need like shears? Does he? Yeah, you can cut it with tin snips. Tin snips, all right, yeah. but st- but he was not born with tin snips. He had to go find tin snips, and no. he's got to find the. Does Harry's make tin snips? I it don't know. A, it well, was you know. a messy birth. <laughs> oh, jeez, it's aluminum oh. hair. Well, because I imagine when it's cut short, it's kind of spiky and sharp, right? That that would be. Yeah. Oh man, I, I I really wish we hadn't gone to the birth analogy. I wish I hadn't too, but that it's it happened. You said <laughs> it. I made a connection, and here we are. He might not have had any. A lot of babies are born bald, or maybe yeah, it maybe. was. Uh, Maybe like you know, at first it was just looked like regular baby hair, but as he matured, uh, yeah. turned out it was aluminum. <laughs> Who knew it was aluminum? <laughs> aluminum. I just said it like the commandant. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, our last pick, uh, our last pick, our last patron we want to thank is Matt Lowry, and Matt Lowry has the amazing transmogrification power to turn anything to rice. That's useful. Yeah, I know. Think about it. I mean, you can, can use it to you could use it to cook and eat. You could use it to fill sandbags. You could use it to shoot out at people. Like it's it's. Weddings. He could take 
Yeah, exactly. He could take a bucket of water and throw it at somebody and turn it into rice. That's going to hurt you no matter which way you you, you throw it. Any, so Any kind of rice? Does he have any control over that? It's just a, a normal white grain rice. Uh-huh. It's not, well, it's I mean, not even, he can't, yeah, he's not even a healthy control. kind. He can't do like brown rice. No, or basmati or anything like that. No, he just, nice he just, jasmine he, rice. Yeah, yeah. So, but think about, but think about all the heal. But the thing is, is that it's not like he can just turn, you know, a barge full of garbage into rice and feed the world. I mean, there are limitations. It, it tires him. You know, so there's only so much rice that he can make. So he's not, he's not solving hunger, unfortunately, which is weighs on him every night as he goes to sleep. Because so, he just, he can't make enough rice to feed everyone. That in his, that in his rice filled bed. Right. Yeah, exactly. That also weighs on him. But t- tell you though, you drop your phone in the toilet. That's the guy you want around. Exactly. He can fill that bag up with rice and 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 dry it right out. So, uh, <laughs> so there you go. So those are the dumb powers this week. Thank you. Go to Patreon.com/ifanboy if you want to support ifanboy and get your dumb power. And there are other ways you can support ifanboy as well too, right, Josh? Yeah. And I, I just I want to. I think they were extra dumb this week. They were. They really were. We had a rough week, folks. Go to iFanboy. It was a great week. It was a great. It started great. off really great, and then it took a turn. Yeah. And now, and now it's getting better. So yeah. So there it is. Yeah. <laughs> you can if if you like what you're hearing, and I don't know how you couldn't. You go to iFanboy.com/support. Uh, there you're gonna find a couple of things. First thing you're gonna find, and really the least. Uh, invasive into your life, and the easiest way to do anything would be to go to our Amazon link, and anything that you are going to buy on Amazon Amazon.com, if you go through that link, we will get a piece of that, and that is, uh, that's actually, that's a big deal for us, so do that. If, if you were thinking about doing it and hadn't, do it more. I feel like people are really taking that seriously, though, and I appreciate it. If you haven't, that's where you'll find it. Uh, yeah. You could, uh, if, if you decided, uh, you know what? I like what they're doing. I need to float these guys some cash. I don't want to make it a whole thing. There's a donation link via PayPal. You want to send something through PayPal, that is where you can do it. Um, and, and actually, several several of you, and you know who you are, have taken us up on that and made some very generous donations recently. So I want we want to thank you specifically for that, those folks. Um, yeah, I know we don't have any rules around giving you dumb superpowers, but we appreciate the uh, the taking advantage of the direct uh, donation via PayPal. So thank you. And then finally, uh, if you do want one of those superpowers, the best, the only way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Um, big, big things afoot over at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Josh, you were not on the show last week um, as you had your HR approved time off. Uh, Carol sent us an email with the memo with the with the time off approval, so you were clear. Don't worry, you didn't get in trouble. Um, but uh, we 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 kind of dropped the 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 gauntlet, and we we explained to everybody that we are seven hundred dollars away from our next goal. Uh, the goal was originally to live stream the weekly pick of the week show and connor and i on our own realized that the logistics behind that would be embarrassing and so uh we proposed changing that goal to if we meet that goal we will do a non-comics media podcast once a month similar to the t2 transpotting podcast that you and i did yeah. and we made it uh, a poll on patreon.com slash ifanboy for the patrons and josh guess what the results of that poll were well, they were whatever we said they were because they wouldn't know. But well, they, they, they anybody any patron can go see. But they were overwhelmingly in support of making this change. In fact, that's ninety five ninety five percent of the patrons voted to change it to a once a month all media uh, podcast of our choosing, um, and only five percent or so said no. Come up with a different idea. So the minority, I'm sorry, but the majority have spoken. So we will be changing that goal, uh, and so we are less than seven hundred dollars away from it so if you're listening and you're not a patron and you want to hear me josh and or connor or me and or josh and or connor talk about and or connor 
Endor Connor <laughs> covered in fur. He eats humans. He likes spears. And yeah, um, no, it's but uh, if you want to hear us talk about a movie or a TV show or a book or an album or anything that has nothing to do with comics, uh, basically, if you've listened to the all media roundup that we do at the end of the year, very similar to that, but more in depth. Right. I, I and like, we're, I like that they have ratified it. That makes me feel yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah, it all worked out really well. And also there, there was some concern about this diluting the all-media roundup. Uh, Connor aired that concern when we talked about it in, in our internal meeting. And I a couple of patrons you. made that comment. Don't worry about it. This, there are two different things as far as we're concerned. On that all-media roundup, literally the clock is ticking when we start talking about whatever that movie is. In this scenario, we're, we've got a full half hour to do it. So um, you get more content basically. Well, that's, that's just that's just yeah. win-win. Yeah. So so that will be changing the next goal. And then, of course, as we mentioned, the previous goal that we got that we reached uh, a few months ago, the uh, the T-shirt merch store is coming. It's in the it's in the in the last dot in the eyes and crossing the T's. It's going to be launching very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. There was an event that took place. Yes. And now that that event has been cleared, we we got nothing but we got nothing but uh, net now. Nothing but that. Yeah. So, all right, let's do some questions. And considering that we're both tired, I thought we'd have some fun with the emails. So let's dive in and get through as many of these as we can. Ryan from Madrid writes in, rewatching Batman Returns and was wondering, do you guys think Christopher Nolan could have pulled off Penguin in the Nolanverse? Do you think we'll ever see another live action Penguin on the big screen? And you know what? I'm going to say yes, I think he could because I think he would figure out a good angle. And I I don't know if you – I know you don't, Josh, but I don't know if any of you in the listening audience watch Gotham on Fox, but I do. And the guy who plays Penguin on that is great, and that makes me think that, A, we're currently seeing another Penguin on the big screen, on a screen, and I think we could see another Penguin well, I mean, uh, down the road. Let's let's back it up. He didn't pull off Bane. It's true. Oh, good point. Good point. So let's let's not let's not consider that all to be a big win. Wow. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're the right. Funniest yeah. character in it, all it, of the superhero movies. I, I I don't even know. I I think that makes it a failure because every time he talks, we laugh. Every time we talk about him talking, we laugh. <laughs> or or the thing in Doom Patrol. Look at the fat bird man. <laughs> I, I I mean yeah I'm I'm guessing. <laughs> You're right. That's a very, very good point. That 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 Bane is possibly unintentionally funny. Possibly? <laughs> I've never been so sure about anything in my life. <laughs> reckoning of funny. <laughs> wow, so you don't think he'd be able he would have been able to pull off the uh the, of course he could. the penguin. Of course yeah. it's possible. I mean like I think he would have to uh, flip the formula. It's not going to be a, a cobble pot in a tuxedo. It's going to be a thing. It's not going to be Danny DeVito as like a homeless short person. It's a. Right. It'll be you know whatever his thing that he comes up with. He could. He, I mean, he could absolutely do it. Yeah, well, I, think, I, I think actually we'll think it'll be really interesting because it, yeah. it's it's one of those things like it seems like it shouldn't work on paper, right. but maybe it does. Yeah, I I, th- I think anything is possible, especially in this world of yeah. comics for the next twenty years of our lives. So, mm. all right, Josh, next question. Tyler from Yonkers. Comics are a big part of my life. I read weekly. I have a comic book podcast. You too. And frequent conventions whenever I. That's frequent as a verb. And and I frequent conventions whenever I get a chance. My girlfriend, on the other hand, refuses to read any comics, no matter how hard I try. But to my great surprise, she recently asked me if she could borrow my copy of the first volume of. The Flintstones. 
The fact that the Flintstones of all comics would be the one that would finally break through to my girlfriend amazes me. Has there ever been that one special book that even your non-comic book reading friends or significant others have enjoyed? If so, what was it without talking about The Walking Dead? He didn't say that, but I did. Yeah, That's yeah, The Walking Dead is, is a great gateway. Um, for me, it was uh, Strangers in Paradise. Yeah, that was your that was your thing. Yeah, that was a that was a good go to. That was that, that's always been a good go to. I, I mean, uh, my my uh, my wife or you know previously girlfriend was was never really against comics, not really interested in one way or another. But I tell you, I was uh, pleasantly surprised when she reacted to reading Preacher the way that I did. Oh, that's cool. Like she that's... loved it as much as me all the way through. Maybe not as much as me. She hasn't gone back and read it again, and she doesn't really have an opinion about the show or anything. But like, she reacted the right way, and I don't. I all didn't right. expect that. Cool. All right. Well, there you go. And I've heard similar tales with uh, with Saga, but I feel like the 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 returns on the long run of that are probably not as good as the short term gains. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yep. yep, um, yep. Sa- Sandman is another go to one. These are all kind of rote kind of things. I feel like though now with the kind of emergence of the alt kind of comics, you know, to the mainstream, no the, the the Ms. Marvels, the Squirrel Girls, mm-hmm. like those those kind of books. I think that there's Flintstones. There's there's ways to bridge this gap. It's easier than ever. I think so. There's a lot of options. I have a question. Uh, I, I mean, my question would be: Did she know what the Flintstones was, or did she just think I like the Flintstones? And if so. Like then, what was the reaction? Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah, Follow up, point. right, Tyler? Come back. I want to know that. Also, Tyler, let us know what your podcast is, and we'll 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 retweet you. So yeah. there you go. Um, all right, next question. Our next email is from Eric, who says, "My name is Eric, and I've been thinking about this for maybe around a year since I discovered your incredible podcast, Goodfellas Minute." At the end of which, you guys said you weren't going to do do that with another movie, and by that he means do the minute format podcast, specifically Casino, because it didn't mean a, a lot to you three in the same way collectively. Sure. But then it got me thinking. I know something else that's important to the three of you guys: comic books. Let that sit. So, so just for the fun, <laughs> of, so just for the fun of speculation, is there one comic book movie that you think would best stand up to the minute by minute format, or one that you would personally enjoy going through the most? This could range from as far back or as recent as comics been as comics have been made into movies. Easy. P.S. Don't forget that any scales used for this discussion need to have electro either at the beginning or the end. And you listen, Eric. You don't tell me what the fuck to do. All right. <laughs> Wow, on a scale of <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, ten being electro and one being a red fire engine, he was electro there. Um, no, I love the electro thing, by the way. That was a good touch, Eric. I like you. Uh, for yeah. me, I, my I, my first instinct came in, and I have a number one and the number two answer that we could absolutely do with no problem. And let's okay, let's let's play the let's play the game and see if they're the same uh, same one. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm I have a one and a two. And I, I'm pretty sure one of them is the same. Uh-huh. And I'll be surprised if the number two one is the same. All right. So let's say our number one at the same time. Ready? On three. After three. So one, two, three, then say it. Okay. okay. One, two, three. Super Batman 1989. Oh. I said Batman 1989. Yes. And you said Superman the motion picture. That's my, that's my number two. And I would – well, my number two was Batman 1966. But I will I will agree that Superman the motion picture we could do that as well too yeah, yeah. absolutely like yeah. either of those no problem you see the th- and that, now the thing the reason why we both went more retro is because uh, I think that there's a lot more to go haha look Gene Hackman you know like mm-hmm. and and there's more you know kind of time differences that 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 uh, the, that, that outfit is dynamite or whatever that guy said you know like, uh, that, that, is that is a bad Jim, outfit that is a bad outfit. Fit. 
Right. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. But also, like, there's 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 time and perspective on those. Yeah. There's no time and perspective on Guardians of the Galaxy. It hasn't been around long enough. You don't think about it. What it did to culture. What it, I mean, we got that's what we got lucky about Goodfellas. That's how they got lucky with Star Wars. Um, yeah. You know, hindsight gives you a lot of perspective that you don't for a newer movie. And I would even say that X X Men One from you know 17 years ago still still isn't there yet. Yeah, I agree. But I think that that that's not going to age as well. Yeah. Agree there. So good question, though. So there you go. Very good question. Um, all right. Read our last email. It's not quite a question, but it's just some fun. Greg from Leander, Texas. I've been listening to your. You thought I was going to do an accent. To your podcast for almost three weeks now, and the, I think the fake superpower thing is a great idea. My wife and I went back and forth on our date night with fake powers for each other, and here's some that we came up with. <laughs> right? <laughs> you made me laugh right away, Greg. So, uh, <laughs> condiment dispensing fingers. You okay. can fly, but only in the confines of an airplane. That's just rude. <laughs> you can staple anything by pinching it. Someone works in an office. <laughs> Anyways, I thought that was fun, but I decided I would come up with 130 of them for my students. I'm a physics teacher, physics teacher, and I thought it would be fun to reveal one superpower a day at the end of the class if they're all good that day. And I've come up with about 50, and dang, it gets hard after a while. Thanks again for the idea. Oh, my God, we're influencing young minds indirectly. That's what's that's what's crazy, and and Greg, I'm glad you like the idea. After just listening to the show for three weeks, um, I'm glad that you like the idea so much that you you stole it. Um, hopefully, you're a patron. <laughs> but um, but yes, it is indeed very hard to come up with these, and I can't believe you came up with fifty. And actually, last week, Josh, also we asked a bunch of we asked the listeners to help us catalog the powers, I saw and that. a a bunch of you responded. Thank you for that. And one of you took the time to document them and send that. So thank you. So we've got that covered. Thank you to everyone who's responded to that. I, we will have responded to you by the time you listen to this to thank you. Uh, and to the person who documented them already, you're getting a, a, a surprise. But uh, yeah, it is hard to come up with these superpowers, especially when you're tired. So <laughs> I found the key is to write them down when you think of them. That's a good idea. Earlier, yeah, which I which which I've been lax in doing recently, and I yeah. think my power they show for it. Uh, all right, so email us at contact at ifanboy.com and get your question on the show. Be sure to include your name, where you're from, how long you've been thinking about your question. That's the most important thing. And you, um, if you want, you can send an audio question by emailing us at MP3. Uh, so yes, please get in touch. I think Electro has really pushed out how long yeah. you've been thinking for a while. Yeah, Electro yeah. really is the is the new hotness. Isn't Fair it? play. Uh, yeah. You can uh, we do other things sometimes here. Um, and we're, we're teasing, I guess, that, that other all-media format uh, with our, our T2 train spotting podcast that Ron and I did uh, the moment I got home from watching the movie because I was so excited. Um, and it was so great. And Josh, we, we haven't talked about it since we did that since, but we got such great feedback on that. We got emails. We got comments on the website. We got stuff on Twitter. Uh, I was glad to hear that that resonated with uh, some, of, some of you as well. So that's uh, always, I'm glad, glad we didn't waste that time. But oh, boy, but oh, boy. Yeah, choose podcast. Choose Patreon. Oh boy, but oh boy, Josh, did we upset Connor? He was well, he was pretty upset. We knew that was going to happen. I think if you look back at the original texts, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so check out that. That's in the feed as well as on the website, and uh, we got some other podcasts coming up. We've been talking about them already. Like I said, Iron Fist. We know it came out on Netflix. We're going to watch it at some point. You're going to have to wait. Uh, the movie Wilson. Uh, if I can find a theater still playing it, I'm going to see it. I have a special guest that I want to come on the show and talk about it. So that might have to wait until it's released uh, digitally or you know on DVD. Uh, we will do it this year, though. I promise. And then of course, coming up this uh, in a couple of weeks is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And looking at my travel schedule i have no idea when i'm gonna see this but 
I will figure it out. We will figure it out. We'll be here to talk about it. So make sure you're subscribed and keeping a, a, your eye on the podcast feed every day. Uh, you can get over to ifanboy.com. You can find all of our other podcasts uh, and many, all the content, everything that we've ever been doing for the last 17 years. Yes. 17 years. Sometimes yeah. I explain that to people I work with and they look at me like, what? You can literally, when you load the website, it's like, you know the sound that a old boat makes? The creaking? That's the sound our database makes every time somebody goes to try to find something old. But yeah, that's how long we've been doing it. So there you go. Uh, and then you can go to facebook.com slash ifanboy or follow at ifanboy on Twitter. You're going to find out what the pick is uh, before the show comes out. And also announcements when we have all those special shows that are coming out. That's a good place to know that that's happening. But you should be subscribed. So I don't know why I'm telling you that. Um, you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan, at Ron XO, and at uh, Steve Kilpatrick. I mean, C.S. Kilpatrick on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. And if you like what you hear, if you enjoy the show, please let other people know. You can write a review on iTunes. It's a great way to let people know uh, how to discover new podcasts as well as tell your friends. Any other platform that you listen to the podcast on, if there's a way to recommend it, please do. We thank you for your support in doing that. You help spread the word. Um, 2017 has been good to fanboy so far, and that's all because of you, the audience, and we thank you. Uh, so it's going to wrap it up this week. I know we are both uh, eyeing our beds so we can just close the door on this week. Uh, <laughs> until next week, I'm Ron. Actually, if he was Steve Kilpatrick, he should have a word with his case officer because that is just not doing the job. That's, that's really that's a really a missed opportunity there. It's the same last name. He's just all he has is a big fake mustache. <laughs> but he's I'm lactose just... intolerant. He's lactose intolerant. He's lactose intolerant. I like how you won't let that go. <laughs> uh, half cafe whip. I'm gonna need an almond milk in that, please. <laughs> Doesn't sound right. like Connor at all. I'm Josh. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>